Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. City of L.A. workers who remain unvaccinated may be getting a reprieve from a vaccine mandate that took effect Wednesday, but it won't last forever. Mayor Eric Garcetti says municipal workers who aren't fully vaccinated by December 18th should be, quote, prepared to lose their jobs. In L.A., KCRW's Daryl Satzman reports that a large number of municipal workers have yet to show proof of full vaccination. The latest update from the city says that roughly 73 percent of employees report being fully vaccinated. But with a workforce of about 50,000 people, that leaves well over 10,000 employees out of compliance. LAPD Chief Michael Moore said this week that just 70 percent of his department is fully vaccinated. And the numbers are thought to be similar for L.A. firefighters. We're now past the initial deadline set by the city council for employees to be fully vaccinated, but no one is being fired yet. A pending motion in the council would extend the deadline until December 18th, and that's the date that Mayor Garcetti is now focusing on. He says the vaccine mandate is, quote, critical to protecting the health and safety of our workforce and the Angelinos we serve. Meanwhile, city employees seeking medical or religious exemptions were required to make those requests by Wednesday. For the California Report, I'm Daryl Satzman in Los Angeles. Rain has been falling in much of Northern California, and the National Weather Service's Bay Area Division predicts more rain later this week. That's really good news for reducing wildfire risks. But what does it mean for the drought? I think the main message here for everyone in the Bay Area is Don't be fooled. Don't get tricked into thinking that all this rain gets us out of a drought. It will help out with some fire danger in some places, but not the drought. State officials said we need about 140% of normal rain and snow to even get back to normal levels. That's KQED climate reporter Ezra David Romero. Even if it's not a cure-all, Ezra says people should take advantage of the rain while it's here. As the rains happen, it's a good time for people to turn off their outdoor irrigation, to inspect water lines for leaks, and to continue conserving water inside. And whether it's outdoors or indoors, don't get complacent about water conservation. Remember, Governor Newsom declared a statewide drought emergency earlier this week. California has turned to an unusual partner for part of its COVID-19 response. It's the same company that built former President Donald Trump's border wall along the California-Mexico border. The no-bid $350 million contract has frustrated immigration advocates and community health care leaders. State government reporter Scott Rod has this capped radio investigation. 
It's no secret Governor Gavin Newsom despised Trump's border wall. Here he is on CNN's Anderson Cooper 360 shortly after taking office. But 2,000 mile uh, wall is a monument to stupidity, not just vanity, to stupidity. It doesn't solve the problem. Trump hired a company called SLSCO to build his wall in California. Two years later, the Newsom administration hired the same company for COVID-19 response. The state desperately needed medical workers, and SLSCO had pivoted to healthcare services during the pandemic. The company provided thousands of medical staff who were sent to vaccination sites around the state. They also helped screen and immunize nearly 60,000 migrants at the border. In the shadow of the wall, SLSCO built to keep them out. It does raise questions about how that decision took place. Pedro Rios directs the U.S.-Mexico border program for the American Friends Service Committee. To me, what it shows is just a, a lack of historical memory to be able to hold accountable those companies that were profiting from that type of uh, business. We wanted to ask Newsom about this, but his office did not respond to our request for comment. SLSCO and the State Department of Public Health declined interview requests. In a statement, the company said it was honored to provide medical staffing to California. In an email, the Department of Public Health said SLSCO provided quality staff, many of whom were bilingual. The department claims this helped advance the state's effort to test and vaccinate underserved communities. Britta Guerrero is CEO of the Sacramento Native American Health Center. She disagrees. We would have never considered a partnership like that. The Native American Health Center helped organize vaccine clinics, including ones for undocumented Californians. Unbeknownst to Guerrero, the state sent 10 workers from SLSCO to staff the events. She says that could have jeopardized relationships with vulnerable patients who already distrust the healthcare system. We represent black and brown communities, underserved folks, and keeping our communities and our patients safe is at the center of who we are. And so working with an organization that has done the opposite, it's hurtful. Cap Radio spoke to multiple county public health departments who said staff from SLSCO served an important role in their vaccination efforts. Here's Sarah Boss, Madeira County's public health director. We found that the quality of the staff was very good. They provided excellent service to our community and our residents on par with our expectations of our regular staff in Madera County. Boss says she was unaware of the company's background building border walls. She added that her top priority as a public health director is to ensure residents have quality care and access to the vaccine. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento. In Riverside County, the Board of Supervisors has approved the Sheriff's Department's request to buy 260 automated license plate reader cameras. Now paired with computer software, the cameras can indiscriminately scan and store the license plates of every vehicle passing their locations. The cameras will be placed in unincorporated areas of Riverside County, with the Sheriff's Department saying they'll be used to help track stolen vehicles or find the whereabouts of kidnapped children. But critics, including the ACLU, say the license plate cameras could pose a threat to privacy, giving law enforcement the ability to track the movements of innocent people for miles. A state law requires California police agencies using the license plate readers to divulge information about their use and who has access to the recorded data. 
Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Two weeks after Tesla founder Elon Musk said he was moving his company's headquarters from California, Governor Gavin Newsom is pushing back hard. KQED Politics editor Scott Schaefer reports on the governor's comments at a conference by the Milken Institute in Los Angeles. Musk announced two weeks ago that he's moving his electric car company headquarters to Texas, fleeing, he said, the high cost of housing and onerous regulations. Asked by NBC's Chuck Todd about the Tesla CEO's criticisms of California, Newsom said the company could not have been created anywhere but here. It was because of our regulations. It was because of our values that Tesla was created here. Over a billion dollars of direct and indirect subsidies went into Tesla. Newsom called Musk an old friend and a remarkable entrepreneur, but he said Musk is leaving California to seek government subsidies from Texas, which often compares its business-friendly climate with California. Yes, it's not the cheapest place to do business, but our conveyor belts for talent, UCLA and USC and Caltech and the California State University System, community colleges, no one does what California does. And at the end of the day, that's our secret sauce. Newsom noted that Tesla does plan to expand car production at its plant in Fremont and is even opening a new R&D facility in the Bay Area. But despite the governor's bullishness on California, Tesla is hardly the first company to criticize the state. Hewlett-Packard, Oracle, and Charles Schwab have all moved at least some of their operations out of the state. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. And despite the announced move of Tesla's headquarters, when it comes to vehicle sales, California is still very much Tesla country. Last year, 73,000 Teslas were registered in California. The next highest state, Florida, had 16,000 registrations. More than 100 people protested outside the L.A. offices of Netflix yesterday to protest the company's release of comedian Dave Chappelle's stand-up special, The Closer. Critics of the special say Chappelle's comments about transgender people were cruel and transphobic. The demonstration started with a walkout by Netflix employees who want the company to invest more in people who identify as transgender or non-binary, including more recruitment of trans men and women to leadership roles. Activist and producer Ashley Marie Preston organized the protest to show solidarity with Netflix employees. This isn't an easy moment, but it's an important and necessary moment. And we thank you and stand with you in solidarity as we shift the social ecology around what it means to create content that creates safe and dignified futures for ourselves and for our loved ones. In a statement, Netflix says it recognizes there's a lot more work to do within the company and in the content they put out. The statement went on to say they respect employees' rights to walk out. 
And finally, a little later this morning, a big earthquake will strike California. But fortunately, it won't be real. It's for the Great California Shakeout, the state's annual earthquake drill. Employers, schools, and other institutions are asked to practice their response to a quake. Other parts of the world vulnerable to earthquakes are also participating. You can find out more at shakeout.org. And by the way, here in L.A., we felt a small tembler this morning. A reminder, you should always be prepared. And that is the California Report for Thursday, October 21st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening, and talk to you tomorrow. Support for the California Report comes from Real California Milk, reminding listeners to take three simple steps to recycle gallon milk jugs. Pour it, cap it, bin it. Learn more at RecycleTheJug.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement, and Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.